This week, my administration released uh, new information that contains that we're on track to cut the federal deficit by another another $1.5 trillion by the end of this fiscal year. The biggest decline in a single year ever in American history. The biggest decline on top of us having a $350 billion drop in the deficit last year, my first year as president. We also learned that for the first time since 2016, the Treasury Department is planning to pay down the national debt issued to the public this quarter. And for all the talk the Republicans make about deficits, it didn't happen a single quarter under my predecessor. Not once. The bottom line is the deficit went up every year under my predecessor before the pandemic and during the pandemic. And it's gone down both years since I've been here. Period. That's, they're the facts. Why is it important? Because bringing down the deficit is one way to ease inflationary pressures in an economy where a consequence of a war and gas prices and oil and all food and it all, it's, it's a different world right this moment because of Ukraine and Russia. We reduce federal borrowing and uh, we help combat inflation. Well, welcome back. You know, if any of that were actually true, would probably be a good thing. But since it's all just a bunch of bull crap, then we... It's it's not it's not so much. Um, I don't guess Joe Biden pays too much attention to the economy. I don't think he pays too much attention to anything these days. But the national debt, as of Tuesday, blew past without even uh, skipping a beat. Thirty-one trillion dollars for the first time in history. It is a grim milestone that comes among soaring interest rates, uh, energy crisis, war around the world. That's only nine months between $31 trillion and $30 trillion because nine months ago, we blew past $30 trillion according to the Committee for uh, a Responsible Federal Budget, and it's only five years after reaching the $20 trillion milestone, which was unprecedented at the time. I, there was a time where Obama uh, was putting forth a budget you know, of – Less it was around nine hundred billion, if my memory serves me correctly, and I think anybody that was paying attention at the time were freaking out. I know I was. I'm like, what nine hundred billion? What are these people insane? Now, nine hundred billions is pennies to these people. Now they they're always in the trillions, three trillion, four trillion. Now ah, we'll just spend whatever the hell we want to spend. We just spend us into oblivion, into a complete collapse of our financial system. Why not? Um. This new record, you know, nobody should be proud of. It's obviously not a good thing for the country. In the past 18 months, we've witnessed inflation rise to, what, 40, over 40-year 40 uh, highs, and it's still continuing, uh, continuing to climb. The All they're doing to try to taper it in, which, you're, you know, you're in a rock and hard place here, is the Fed keeps raising rates because they have to to try to rein that cash in, um, in which case, once you raise rates, you're going to force down other parts of the economy like the housing market and whatnot. If you don't raise rates and you just leave it as is, we go into hyperinflation and just a complete destruction of the dollar. So, I mean, there, there's no winning here. But Joe Biden is being very irresponsible saying that the debt is going down when we obviously can see with our own eyes that it is absolutely not going down. They're continuing to spend and still continuing to try to pass bills in excess of a trillion dollars and keep on spending. There is no slowing down with the government right now. And it's both sides. You know, the debt continued to rise even under Donald Trump. And I was hoping 
that he was going to – that was one part of his presidency I was hoping he was going to tackle and put more emphasis on. I understand that COVID came along, but we way overspent on COVID. I don't think we needed to spend the amount of money that we even spent on that because we saw what a sham that really was. And it puts us in uh, a bind for the future. You know, it's it's troubling because – we're going to face some real challenges coming up. It looks like Medicare, you know, is only, um, what, about six years from insolvency? It's only got about six years left. And then what about Social Security? Yeah, I mean, you hear all the time, Social Security's about to run out of money. That's never ending. So we're spending, spending, spending on nonsense, and we're going to spend ourselves to a point where you're not going to have the money that you need to invest in what's important, you're what are they? What are they going to start putting a you know, pushing to the side? You're going to push to the side money for what the military uh, for you know, push to the side the savings for social safety nets. You're going to push to the side uh, social security. You know, I mean, you imagine I, I'm a I'm a not I'm not a spring chicken, but I'm not an old timer yet. Maybe I'll get there one day. Maybe I won't. We'll see how that goes. But I've been paying into social security my entire life just like many of you have. And if you're new to the workforce, if you're a young person listening to me and you're 18 or 19, you're still paying into it. You know how upsetting it would be for most of us that have been paying for, hell, I've been paying for 30 years into Social Security, that in the end, now I don't, I'm not betting on that money because you can't live on that, but that I get some of that money that I put out back That'll be a little, because what is the government going to tell you then? That'll be a little upsetting, wouldn't it? No, sorry, we just ran out of money. You get nothing. All that money you paid out, sorry. That was just something you lost out of your paycheck. <laughs> you know, irresponsible. You know, and it, like I said, it's on both sides of the aisle. These people keep spending. We got to rein all this crap in. It's it's doesn't make sense to spend on what they're spending on. And believe me, there is a lot of wasteful spending in the government. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. They spend on programs that don't make no damn sense whatsoever. You know, for example, Planned Parenthood. Why are we financing that? Why are we giving money to that organization? If they want money, go out like every other organization and go raise your own money. But since the government has an agenda, this is why they fund it. But it shouldn't be funded. That's a waste of taxpayers' dollars because not every taxpayer agrees with you funding that. We need to really hold the government accountable. I mean, I say it over and over like a broken record, but what else can you do that that we have to start holding these people accountable on everything? Got to hold them accountable. It's uh I do like though that Joe Biden, he always tries. It's it's never ending. He always tries the best that he can to lie to people and the biggest concern I have and I've always had is anybody that's only listening to liberal media or whatnot that's all they're being fed. That's all they're getting. So you got to look at that and say to yourself, you know, if that's all you're seeing, do you actually buy into this crap? Do you see what they're spending nonstop? Four trillion, four trillion, one trillion, two trillion. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insanity. Eh, I just, I really hope People wake up and see what the hell is going on around you. Because if you wake up at the wrong time and it's too late, it's just too late. You know, there's there's no reversing it. Thirty one trillion in debt, 
Can we reverse that? <laughs> oh, man. You realize what it would take to reverse that? The best thing we could do is stop the bleeding at this point. Maybe chisel away a little bit at a time, but the debt kind of lingers there. That's the best you're going to be able to do at this point. There is no way. You know, our entire uh, budget in a year is, what, $3.5, $4 trillion for the United States, and we're always spending more than that. Hell, at two point in time in 2020, 2021, we spent the entire budget in one shot, both times. So chances are we're not going to work it that far backwards. But if they can, we can get some responsible, responsible people there that can stay within the budget, maybe chisel a little bit off of it. You can start to slow the bleeding down and maybe even work it backwards just a little bit where it just lingers. At this point, if it just lingers, that would be a win. I got to be honest with you. We're not going back to the days where, oh, we're only $10, $9, 10000000000000 trillion in debt. That's just not going to happen. I mean, to do that, they would have to cut off damn near everything. You know, it's just, and that's not going to, that's not going to happen. It's not realistic, but it is realistic to say, if you get some responsible people in there, some financially responsible people that we can get it to a point where we can maintain the bad number that we have. So it doesn't get worse, you know, in the future. All right. On to the next stupid thing that's happening with Biden. Uh, he seems to be a main focus today. Uh, we're going to talk about gas prices. We're going to talk about OPEC. And we're going to talk about something that I've said he was trying to do prior to the elections. And it looks like it's possibly going to backfire in his face. Here's a little audio clip on that. In our money lead, election day just five weeks away, the Biden administration working overtime to keep gas prices from skyrocketing with a new plan to try to stop Saudi Arabia and other Middle Eastern countries from cutting oil production. CNN's Alex Marquardt and Matt Egan join us. Alex, you're reporting that White House officials are, quote, taking the gloves off. Oh, that's my least favorite metaphor from White Houses, but in any way, according to one U.S. official, to stop this from happening. So tell us what, what you're hearing, what they're planning. Well, that same U.S. official uh, said that the White House, in fact, is panicking, um, that this is something that they de desperately do not want to happen. Cutting oil production means higher oil prices, means higher gas prices. That, of course, is something that the Biden administration does not want to happen right now. So tomorrow, there's this meeting of the oil-producing countries, this cartel known as OPEC, is ostensibly led by Saudi Arabia. Russia is also a member. The United States is not a member. And what we have learned, myself and our colleagues, Natasha Bertrand and Phil Mattingly, is that there is this furious, last-ditch, wide-scale effort to lobby the OPEC-plus oil-producing countries to not cut oil production, that uh, senior members of the Biden administration are reaching out to members of the cartel, including Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, uh, and the United Arab Emirates. The cartel could cut as much as one million barrels a day in production. That would be the biggest cut uh, since, the pen since the beginning of the pandemic. Now, this effort is being led by the top Biden administration official for energy, Amos Hochstein. Uh, they've also enlisted the, uh, the top White House official for the Middle East, Brett McGurk. But interestingly, they've also, just to show you how widespread this is, reached out to the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, um, asking her to reach out to, to, to contemporary, to counterparts around the world. And we actually got talking points that the White House sent to Treasury that have very blunt language suggesting uh, that Yellen say some of this to her, to, to her counterparts. Um, they say that this would be a total disaster, would be seen as a hostile act against the United States. Uh, this is very blunt language. The White House says that these were draft talking points and not used, but it does give insight into how nervous they are, Jake. And Matt Egan, this, this comes as gas prices have been inching back up. If oil production is cut, how high could prices go, do you think? 
Well, Jake, that really all depends on how deep these production cuts are from OPEC and how long they last. But we've already seen hopes for a rescue from OPEC lift U.S. oil prices by $7 a barrel in just the last two days. Goldman Sachs is telling clients that if OPEC goes forward and cuts supply, we could see oil prices go by $13 or $20 higher. And of course, this does mean higher prices for consumer. Gas prices are still down by a dollar nationally from the record set in June, but they are creeping higher. The national average is up by 14 cents in just the last few weeks. Some on the left are already calling for the White House to retaliate against OPEC if they cut production. Uh, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna, he told me that he wants President Biden to retaliate by cutting Saudi Arabia off from aviation parts and also preventing Raytheon and Boeing from selling uh, defense contracts to Saudi Arabia. Ro Khanna said, quote, this is beyond the pale. They are actively fleecing the American people and destabilizing the economy. This is just outrageous. Who do they think they are? Jake, worth noting that gas prices in Ro Khanna's home state of California are rapidly approaching record highs. And this move from OPEC could be enough to push them to fresh all-time highs. Do you think the left's panicking a little bit? <laughs> nice to see him squirm a little, isn't it? It's going to affect us. To ra- I mean, it's a guarantee. Uh, what are crude prices right now? Are they about $100 a barrel? I didn't check this morning, but li- last I checked yesterday, they're around $100 a barrel. Yeah, gas is creeping back up. We just talked about this. I explained the whole gas holiday we have here in Florida, and we're going to get an extra quarter added back on top of it. Come November, depending on what those prices will be, they're going to cut it by a million gallon, or a million uh, barrels per day. I mean, OPEC has every right to do whatever they want to do, and it's less concerning if we are ahead of the game and we're producing our own energy. But since Joe Biden is just so hell-bent on not producing it here, these are the consequences. And that message needs to go out to everybody. The, the I don't know, I don't call it, Biden... I just, I can't call him, I can't give him his job title because it's not his job. Anyways, Biden uh, being on his hands and knees begging these people to stop and other people saying you got to threaten them with something else, that's not what fixes the problem because you know what they're going to tell you to do is kick rocks. They know that we have a weak administration that's not going to do anything. Why do you think that Ukraine got invaded even though I got serious issues with the whole Ukraine thing? The, the, I I just read a report. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting a little because this has been bothering me. I, another report that another six hundred million dollars worth worth of weaponry is being. How much crap are we supposed to give these people? What about here in the United States? Why are we taking such good care of Ukraine? Other than that, Biden has ties to it, which is the only reason why that money should be spent here. Our people, the United States, Ukraine, you had your shot. You did the best you can. It is what it is. Okay. We helped you in the beginning. That's fine. We give a little bit of aid. We give a little bit of help. This is dragging on too long and there's more money. Again, that's hurting our economy. It's hurting our national debt. More money that just keeps going out the door. Doesn't make sense. But these places know that we have weak leadership. These countries, these leaders know we have weak leadership in the United States, and they're going to do whatever they want to do. So you think OPEC has any interest in even responding to Biden? They're going to do whatever they want to do. Is it going to have an impact on us? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised to see gas prices go out, go back up to $5 a gallon. It's going gonna, it's gonna to kill everybody. It's going to kill the farm industry for diesel gas because diesel has not come down the way – Uh, regular gas has 
They, they, farm ministry is going to die. Diesel's going to go up. I mean, we're going to get hammered with it. The only reason that they even care is because of midterms. Because if midterms, if midterms were a year and a half out, they wouldn't even stress this. Say he'd go over and say, "Please, you know, we love you. Don't do it." But it is what it is. The fact that midterms are five weeks away—that's why they're stressing. Because if these gas prices continue to go up over the course of the next five weeks, when it comes to election day, they already know that that doesn't bode well for them. They only care about the November elections. They do not care about you as the consumer. Remember, the same people that are over there begging OPEC to produce more, that know that we have the ability to produce it here, want you to go green. They don't care if it bothers you. If they cared, they wouldn't make statements like, well, if gas is too high, go out and buy a $50,000 electric vehicle, change the panel in your house, and that way you can charge it there. They don't care that it's that high. It, it, how much, <laughs> I mean, it's, the logic is so stupid. It's just all dumb. It's so dumb. It just, it's amazing. Yeah. How much more money does it cost me to have a payment on a car every month, plus the additional electric expense at my house to have an electric car than, okay, my car is, it's $2 a gallon more for gas than I was paying before. My car holds 20 gallons of gas, so I'm paying 40 bucks more every time I fill up. More, more than likely, you're filling up, what, about once a week? So, in your month, it's about $160 more. Or you could be paying like five, six, seven hundred dollars for your car, depending on what I don't even know what car new car payments cost these days because I don't have any any. But I would say the average payment's what around five or six hundred bucks now, because that's what you tend to hear. On top of that, you gotta carry a heavier insurance because it's a brand new car, and then you have to put the panel in your house and your electric bill goes up. I think most people would rather just pay the two dollars. It's not that they want to pay it, but when you are what does the average American make a year? About 50 grand. Is that where, where it's at? It's somewhere around there. Uh, I'm going to buy a car that's worth my entire annual salary and think that somehow I'm going to manage to pay for that. Or am I going to just pay for gas and probably be a little bit more strategic on how much I'm taking the car out so I'm not burning as much fuel. But these are those people. These are the very, they do not care about you. This is the problems that we face, but they don't care. So him begging OPEC is just because of November. Do not get it twisted. Do not let them fool you that they actually care about how much gas costs because they absolutely don't. All right, on to the next one. Yeah, Supreme Court, this is a good one actually, from the uh, Washington Examiner. Uh, Supreme Court is going to review Section 230 protections, uh, which is excellent actually because uh, (laughs) – so uh, these tech giants are are to me part of the destruction if not a good portion of the destruction of society. Uh, the court agreed to hear two cases that include big tech companies legal protections. Uh, the court agreed on Monday to take up Gonzalez versus Google and Twitter versus uh Temne. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. We all know I have a tendency to massacre names. I'll spell it out for you. You pronounce it how you want. I got Tamne. So T-A-A-M-N-E-H. I don't know. Tamne. That's what I would go with. Not just me. Uh, anyways, these cases would allow change to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, legislation that protects websites on the internet from liable uh, liability for content posted by users. 
the recent, this recent law obviously came under attack from conservatives claiming that its websites basically unfairly censor conservatives uh, or Republican, Republicans. And I, there's no way it's not true. I, I was on Twitter uh, this morning just uh, sending out my uh, podcast like I do, and I noticed that uh, in one day I think I dropped like, yeah, was it like 20 or 30 um, followers? And I just started laughing. I said, oh, man, the Elon Musk deal, it looks like it's going to go through now again. Uh, that's, you know, you wonder if they do this for show. Uh, but the Elon Musk deal looks like it's going through again for him to purchase Twitter. And what are they going to start purging all the accounts, the accounts again uh, right before <laughs> the takeover? I don't know. But I saw that I lost that. Not that I care. I don't do much on there to try to gain any uh, – any subscribers or not, you know, I, I'm very, very, very inactive with social media because I just don't care. Uh, I don't like it. So, uh, but you could see the panic there. And again, the, the why is two thirty important? Because of stuff like that. You're going to purge all of our accounts. Are you going to purge anybody else's accounts? Are they purging any uh, Democratic accounts or liberals or extremist accounts? No, you're going to purge people that go against what you guys uh, are uh, supporters of. So, but yeah, it's, uh, I think it's good. It's going to the Supreme Court. Hopefully something good comes out of it. I'm not real familiar with either one of these cases. Uh, I don't know what part of that they are attacking in these cases, but hopefully if it made its way all the way up to the Supreme Court, they got a strong enough case where we could really start attacking this 230 and hold these companies liable for the crap that they do. The Archdiocese of Indianapolis scores a religious victory. A federal court in Indiana ruled in favor of the Catholic private school that suspended uh, a guidance counselor um, saying that she violated her contract by being in a same-sex marriage, uh, making this the latest victory for the Archdiocese. Now, I know some people will go out of their way right now to say that that is discrimination, based upon somebody's sexual orientation. However, if you sign a contract in the school and that's part of the contract, then you have, you've broken your contract because you are not following the rules and the guidelines that were stated in the contract that you put your John Hancock on. So uh, you, you get uh, canned and that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, there are some contracts that legally you can get yourself in a, out of, but a good majority of the time, if you read it, if you sign it, and if it's legally binding, you're going to have a tough time in court with that, uh, trying to uh, get out of that because you went against what the contract says. So I'm sure we're going to hear a flare up or an uproar about this. Uh, this is something the left will definitely attach themselves to at some point. Uh, I think the big focus right now is on other massive items like gas, uh, but when they get around to it, this is definitely on their top 10 list of things to go after because this is what they believe in, and I'm sure that the school will get attacked, eh, protests, and God knows what else one way or the other because they don't like the outcome, so we'll watch and see what's going to happen. All right, that does it for me today. It's hump day. We're halfway through the week. Tomorrow's Thursday. Thank God we're getting closer and closer to the end of the week where we can all uh, take a breather and take a break. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review me, especially on Apple. It does help. Uh, if you'd like to check out anything else I do, just go to my website, littlejoecc.com. Beyond that, have a beautiful rest of your day. It is almost over.